0: Can you hear me? All right. <clears throat> Psalms 123 says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, do some of y'all feel that way? All right. All right. On the way here, I was just thinking about Mount Olivet and the years that I have known y'all. It has it has been so many years. i just does anybody remember me from whenever I was Yeah, I was sitting there thinking and I was trying to do the math in my head. As a young guy in college uh, who surrendered to the ministry, I didn't have a lot of opportunities to preach. But Mount Olivet was one that would allow me to. And so I would drive over from Northwestern on days that your pastor was on vacation or sick. And he would let me fill the pulpit. I remember when my first sermon here probably was about 15 minutes long. That was long ago. (laughs) Hopefully today I can do a little bit better than that. But I just want to thank y'all for the impact y'all had on my life as a young minister and just providing that opportunity to come and learn how to share about Jesus. If you've got your Bible with me, I'd like for you to turn to Mark chapter 1 and we're going to look at verse 40. Reading about the man with leprosy. Mark chapter 1 verse 40 says, Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news, with the result that Jesus could no longer enter into a town openly. But he was out in the deserted places, and they came to him from everywhere. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, I just love you, and I thank you for this day and allowing us to come into your house, Lord. And Lord, to feel at home. Lord, I ask right now that you just uh, forgive me of my sins. Lord, also that you, Lord, use me in this time to share your word. Lord, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I'm Bubba. That's my name. But Lord, I know that you're so much greater than that. And so just use this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So we ran over that scripture pretty quick. But I'd like for you all just to think about this guy with leprosy. Can you imagine the joy that this man must have had the day that he, here he was, that he was, uh, he was healed? Can you imagine that? Um, this man... Here he was uh, with leprosy on the side of the road, waiting and looking for Jesus. And I love his faith uh, that he has when he says, "Lord, I know you can make me clean. I know that you can heal me." He uses that those direct words, knowing uh, with faith that God could heal him. Here it is: leprosy is a is a well, as a disease we don't see much anymore. I know Louisiana and Hawaii were the last two states to have a leprosy colony, and they've been going away for a long time. We we were told when we were kids, don't play with armadillos. They've got leprosy. And so, boy, we wouldn't play with armadillos. Um, That's how you know I'm a country boy. We would play with armadillos. But anyway... We, you know, we begin to look at this leprosy and wonder about this man and what was going on in his life. You know, you really don't know what was going on in his life. But we know that as he was waiting on the, on the side of the road that he had the faith to reach out to Jesus and say, Can you, can you make me clean? Man, can you imagine the joy... That that man must have had when God made him clean. In fact if we, you know, if we remember in verse 45 it says even though Jesus sternly told him not to go and tell anybody. He can't. He, he can't be quiet. He has to share. He has to tell others. And he goes out. I love the way that the King James puts it. The King James says that he went and published it. He set it ablaze. Wow this man went and did that. I think my question today for you, if, we, if, we, if you will, uh, during this time, is this. Do you remember the time that you asked Jesus into your heart? Do you remember the time that you sat down and you, you told the Lord, I love you. I believe in you. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I can't do anything without you. Lord, I'd like to have you to come into my life. Do you remember that time? Was it at Revival? Was it at VBS? Was it at a camp? Or just was it somewhere on a chair on a porch with a friend? But do you remember that? Give me a head nod if you remember that. Alright. Do you remember the feeling that you had when you accepted Christ? You know, I've never met anybody that accepted Christ and just, well, I've done it. No, most people are excited, they're ecstatic, they're, they're ready, they have this joy that comes in their life that bubbles over, and they have this peace, they talk about having this peace and a weight that was lifted off their shoulders, and they just, they need to talk to somebody and tell somebody about Jesus. I remember each and every one of my kids, as they would come running up to me, each at their moment in time, they'd say, Daddy, Daddy, I accepted Christ in my heart, can I call my grandparents? And then we would be in Walmart checking out and they would be telling the, church, the clerk when they used to have clerks that, you know, would, they would tell them about, hey, guess what I did this past Sunday? I asked Jesus in my heart. Do you remember that, that yearning, that desire, that joy that you had? My question today is this, is, is it still there? it? Is it? Now, I'm, I'm not talking about the, your, your, you know, I'm not talking about is your salvation still there. Because I'll be honest with you, no one could ever convince me that, that if, if God places us in his hand, if he writes us our name down in his book of life, that Satan can come up and steal it away. That would tell me that my God is not the greatest God there ever was. Or that my God is not omnipresent and, and being able to know what's going on completely around him. That my God can be fooled. I almost felt, But that my God can be fooled by the devil. And I don't believe that. I believe when you ask Christ in your heart and he writes your name in the book of life, it is there. It is written in the blood of Jesus. And guess what? That blood is so strong, not only does it forgive your sins, but it lasts for eternity. But today what I'm talking about here is is not the loss of your salvation, but what about the fluttering of the heart, that joy, that peace that you felt the very moment that you accepted Jesus? Is it still there? Do you still get excited? Do you still have that yearning to tell somebody about what Christ did for you right at that moment? Well, the sad thing is, is... most of us don't. We kind of get in a funk where we just kind of, we, we just get into the day-to-day grind. We read our Bible, we say our prayers, we come to church. But that fluttering of the heart, that excitement, that a joy sometimes can just be drained from us. Wow. I'll never forget visiting with an old friend. We were in the Brookshires. And uh, we came across a lady that I had gone to church with as a little kid, and I remember she used to play the piano, and she, she was the most bubbliest person I've ever met. When she played the piano, she didn't play like Brother Richard, all you know, very classical and stoic. No, she was bubbly. She bounced around in that chair and that piano bounced around. Here she is playing for the church and having the greatest time. When she was playing piano, she had the biggest smile on her face. But something had changed. I hadn't seen her in several years. And I asked her, I said, well, how's everything going? Well, not very well. Well, what's going on? Well, you know, we had problems in our church, and I ended up leaving. And I don't play piano anymore, and I have family problems. And she just she's like, I just stay at home. I don't even go to church, and began pouring her life out. And I I just sat there, and inside my heart, it it began to hurt. And I asked myself, "Is, Is is this what I have to look forward to? As I grow up, and as I age, as a Christian. The older I get, do, is that what I have to look forward to? Is just a burnout spirit. Wow. That is not God's design for a relationship with him. His relationship and his, his idea is that we have a joy that is renewed in us every day. And he has a simple plan for that. Do you think this man ever got rid of the joy that was in his heart? I don't think so. You know, did he ever lose the passion and excitement for what Christ did in his life? I don't think so. Man, can you imagine it that day? Leprosy. Here he is sitting on the side of the road in in leprosy. And if you don't know anything about leprosy, it it starts usually by a little sore. And then that little sore begins to turn white. And then that, that white sore begins to grow hairs out of it. In Leviticus, it talks all about leprosy and how you're to deal with it one of the first signs of leprosy you're supposed to go to the priest and you're supposed to show him it and he's supposed to mark it and then you come back several days later and he inspects it and then he calls it what it is brother Richard aren't you glad times have changed I mean you don't have church members coming up here and saying brother Richard you want to take a look at this (laughs) yeah but yeah here it is He's he's done marked with leprosy Well, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't just stop with a little sore. It begins to travel all over your body. You have these sores that end up all over your body, hurting, oozing out some of the grossest stuff you'll ever see. One of the things it attacks is, is the digits, your fingers, your toes, your nose, your ears. It begins to attack them. It begins to decay them. And they begin to, one by one, pretty much fall off. This man was in excruciating pain. But it wasn't just the pain that he had that he got over that day. Think about this. The Bible does not go in great detail who this man was. But this man was probably a father, probably a husband, maybe even a grandfather, and here it is because of leprosy after the priest had marked him unclean the priest would mark, walk him to the outside of the city gates and he would shut the gates and he'd say you're forever gone. The man would be pretty much marked for death. He wouldn't have the opportunity to go in and see his wife and say honey I love you I've got leprosy i got to go. They would drag him immediately out of the city limits. He wouldn't be able to go and see his kids and tell his kids well i I hope that you, you you know you grow up to be a great christian young man and and I want you to get married and have kids you know, wouldn't be able to hug their necks one last time. He would be drugged immediately out of the temple and out of the gates of the city, man. This man who had probably spent most of his life in some sort of occupation, pouring his time and his heart into it, maybe even building a business, wouldn't be able to go and watch the transfer of power and make sure it was there. It could go, you know, I could go on and on. Wouldn't be able to go and get his finances in order to take care of his wife. Man, this man was immediately brought out into the city. You see, he not only lost his health, but he lost his life. He didn't have a life. He lost his family, his possessions. He lost everything. And here this man is on the side of the road and he is destitute. He has no hope that's before him. And Jesus comes along and offers that hope and restores him. I'm here today to tell you that that man never got over it. He never forgot what God had done in his life, what Christ on that moment, that day on that road had done in his life. Can you imagine, again, the man with leprosy sitting here and said, Lord, if there's anybody that can make me clean, you can do it. I trust in you. And Jesus says, be thou clean. Wow. And all of a sudden he begins to look. And the pain is gone. The sores are gone. And God begins to restore his body to whole. But not only that, I believe that, that Christ restored, restored him physically. Wow, do you ever think that that man lost that joy? Now you may be telling me right now, well, Brother Bubba, I, I just don't believe you that a Christian can lose their joy. That a Christian can lose that that feeling. And I'm reminded of David in Psalms 51 um, 51:12 he says this: "Restore the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. Wow, why would David ask the Lord to restore his joy if he couldn't lose it? You see, we can lose our joy. But here's the amazing thing is, is even though you've lost your joy, guess what? You can get it back. You can have that joy restored back. Again, we're not talking about your salvation. We are talking about the joy that the Lord brings in your life. And you can have that joy restored. And so today what I'd like to share with you is is Bubba's simple plan for restoring the joy in your life. Alright? Pretty simple. The first thing that I see is in Romans 6.23 we 're going to restore the joy today in romans six three three it says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. The first thing that we need to to know and we need to remember in order to restore the joy in our life is is plain and simple. We need to remember the past, remember who we were. remember that we had no hope <clears throat> that guy not, that guy in, again told the story of his salvation but he never forgot where he was before salvation he told of his healing but he never forgot where he was before that healing he never forgot of of his hands losing the fingers he never forgot of the pain he never forgot of the look in his wife's eyes as she saw him being drug out of the city he never forgot that as Christians, we do not need to forget we know that the wages of sin is death, that the sin that is in our life, the sin that we're born into, causes us to die. And the death that it's talking here is not just a physical death, but a spiritual death, and that death is total separation from God. Wow. It's it's more than just the stopping of the heartbeat. It is a separation from God and from who He is. We need to remember that before Christ, we were dead. We had no hope. We had no hope for the future of what God could do in our life. The second thing that we need to do, is this, is we need to remember the change, because there should have been a change that took place in your life when you accepted Christ. It's pretty much said right here in a verse that everybody here should know. John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. We need to remember the change. That man never got over the day that he looked at Jesus face to face and said, Lord, can you heal me? And he said, sure, I'll do it. And at that moment, he was healed. The same thing with you and I. We should never forget the day that we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Uh, It's so nice to be able to talk to people who remember not only the day, but the minute and the hour of when they accepted Christ. I don't remember the the exact day and time I was so young, but I do remember the day, and I do remember who I sat down with, and I do remember praying and asking Christ to come into my life. Wow. I remember the change that took place. I was dead to sin. I was separated from the Lord. And then at that moment, when I asked Jesus into my heart, he came in, he restored me. He gave me hope and peace and that joy. Wow. We need to remember the change. Do you remember that change that took place in your life? There were some things you had to give up, things you had to turn away from, things you had to lay down at the cross. Do you remember that? How you all of a sudden felt anew, felt like a different person. Then the last is this, the last part of the step is Luke, uh, we find in Luke 23. And if I can get my scripture. It says this, Luke 23, uh, verse 42. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you confess into your kingdom. And he said to him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. We need to remember our future. That our future is not just to be buried six feet in the ground, but to be in the presence of the Lord and worshiping him. To be there with him for eternity. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying. Peace that passes all understanding will be poured upon us the day that we receive, uh, enter into heaven. Wow. We have the hope and the future of heaven. We will not experience death, that separation of God. We will be be able to experience true life, and that is joining with God for eternity. That is what our future holds. As a Christian, we need to think of that every day. That, hey, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Because heaven's my home. That's where I'm, all right, I just went over three steps, Bubba's three steps for joy and there's a lot of you without smiles on your faces. Something is missing. Brother Richard, what is it? You know, God, we remember the past. We remember the change that took place. We remember our future. Well, let's go back and look at those three one more time. Real quick, Romans six twenty three. What was going on in that scripture? Paul is uh, Paul is witnessing to the Romans. For the first time, he's going over, to, going over to the Romans and he's sharing with them about Christ and having a relationship with them. In fact, the whole book of Romans is dedicated to witnessing and telling others about Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons why we have the Romans Road and we use it as a tool to walk somebody through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. In John 3.16, what do we have in this context right here as we look at the Scripture? Do you remember late at one night? A knock comes on the door, and Jesus goes to the door, and there's a man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is there, and he says, Hey, I want to know how I can have this joy, this life that you have, this promise, this hope. And Jesus, in the late of the night, late hours of the night, he begins to talk to Nicodemus, and he begins to share with Nicodemus, and he says, You need to be born again, Nicodemus. Nicodemus says, Well, how in the world do I enter into my mother's womb again? Jesus says, That's not what I'm talking about. And Jesus begins to witness to Nicodemus and he begins to share with him his plan and what, or the plan that his father had of bringing people to him. So here Jesus is in the late hours of night witnessing to Nicodemus. And then in Luke 23, we find this we find that Jesus dying on the cross. When, when when, he should have been the most selfish person in the world on the cross, saying, this is my time, leave me alone, I'm not playing Savior anymore, just let me die. Jesus, with his arms stretched out, with nails pierced in his hands and in his feet, was still witnessing to the people around him. You know, so many times I hear church members say, well, I'm not going to teach Sunday school, I'm not going to do VBS. I, I have done my time. I'm done. I'm just going to sit here and watch. Well, folks, what I see in this scripture right here is that Jesus was serving even until the moment of death. You see, here he is witnessing to the both, both of the thieves on the cross. He's witnessing to the guards at his feet. He's witnessing to the people that are around watching him. And here it is. Let's see the key that ties all three of these together. And there's no power in all three of these, unless they're tied together, and that is in the witnessing in what they are doing. You see, God has designed you and I to be witnesses, witnesses for Him to be out there as Christians, to be out witnessing to others and telling them about Jesus Christ. You want to know why there's no joy in your life, why, there's, why you don't feel that bubbly spirit inside of you, why the peace is gone? It's probably because you haven't shared the love of Christ with someone today. And I'm not saying just through a passing smile or a wave or a good deed. But I'm talking about a one-on-one conversation with someone about Jesus Christ and what he's done in your life. You see, God understood as humans that we could lose that joy. And he wanted a way, to, he wanted to provide a way for you and me to regenerate that joy. And the way that he did that is through witnessing. Guess what? When you go and you sit down with somebody and you're telling them about Jesus, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to tell them your testimony. You're going to talk to them about the past and who you were and how you had no hope. You're going to talk to them about the change that took place when you accepted Jesus Christ in your life. And then you're also going to share with them not only that, you're going to share with them the future that you have because you accepted Jesus Christ. You see, when you do what God created you to do, that's where true joy is found. You know, I see it so often. People tell me, Brother Bubba, that it can't be that simple. It, the, the joy is not restored by doing something that it, like that. Yes, it is. You know how I know? Because I see so many counselors and adults that come to camp with the kids and, and, and they're just they've lost their joy they, they, they sit there and they, they've been to church every Sunday they're entrusted with the kids they're good members of their church but they've lost that joy, that excitement that they have and they go into worship and they begin worshiping and there's nothing more special about Clara Springs than than, than right here at this altar, right here in this sanctuary Claire Springs is just a camp. But they'll come into the worship service and they'll worship. And then when it comes time for invitation, the pastors always say, will the adults, will the counselors stand up in the back? I've never once, never once had anybody come to me after that invitation and after talking and praying with somebody, just go, well, I'll talk to another kid into heaven. No, they're always going, Brother Bubba, Brother Bubba, guess what? We had a kid saved in our youth group, and I was able to lead them to Christ. In fact, the counselors, the adults, are more excited than the ones that accepted Christ. That's how God created us to be. It regenerates the joy in our life. Michaela, uh, this past week at youth camp, came over to the house one night late. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, Mom, I need to talk to y'all. I'm like, What? And tears are coming down her face, and she's got a smile. I knew what it was. She didn't have to say a thing. But she said, Mom, I got to lead a young girl to Christ today. I just led her to Christ. See, her joy was filled again. You see, that's what's wrong with a lot of us Christians is because we're not doing what God created us to do and that is plain and simple to tell others about Jesus. Luke fifteen seven says this. If I could get over there. It says, I tell you in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven. Now catch this, okay? There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. If salvation brings joy to heaven, then it should bring joy to your life. And it should restore that joy in your life. John 15 says this, John 15, 11 and 14 says this. <clears throat> I have told you these things. This is coming out of Jesus. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Wow. Even Jesus is telling us that if we begin to love other people the way that he does, if we begin to share with, to, with other people the hope of salvation, that our joy, not only our joy, his joy, Jesus' joy, will be placed inside of us. You can't get much better than that. You can't. So church, I challenge you today. My challenge to you today is this. Is that when you leave this place, you just determine in your heart, I'm going to take Bubba's word for it, and I'm going to challenge him. I'm wrong about a lot of things. I am. Again, Bubba, you look it up in the dictionary, it says, a man who makes a lot of mistakes. I am. But I'll, I'll guarantee you that if you walk out of this place and you say, Lord... Right now. I want the joy in my heart to be restored. Place somebody in my path that I can talk with them face to face. And Lord, that I can share with them the past and who I was. The change that took place in my life. And the hope that I have. And let me tell you something. You... We'll find your joy. Because no matter, this is doing what you're created to do. No matter if you stop and you talk with someone and you share those three things and they don't make a decision. You still have joy. Because God will come inside of you with his joy. And begin to restore the joy that you've lost. But boy, honey, if you hit the jackpot and they say, I want to know more and I want to accept Christ, you better hold on because you're going to start a revival in your heart and in your soul. It could even start a revival in this church. So my challenge to you uh, today and this week is to just say that prayer. Lord, send somebody my way. Restore the joy of my salvation. Give me someone that I can share Jesus with, plain and simple that's what we're created to do that's how we keep the joy in our life let's pray Lord I love you and I thank you for this day and this time Lord and Lord I know I know that that sometimes life gets busy life gets hard and Lord we, we tend to forget that our main mission in life is to tell others about you I get that I do that Lord Lord, I'm sorry. But Lord, let it forever be a marker on my life that when I don't feel the joy, I don't have that excitement of my salvation, that it reminds me